got a beard and it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew, doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check You're listening to Brews, Beards and Shipwreck One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. I'm here today with my boy. Nomadic Vagabond. Dude, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I mean, it's a it's Oregon, so it's dumping rain. <laughs> um, it's nice. Isn't that and, what uh, you said last time we talked? <laughs> I know, I'm probably going to keep saying it, bro. <laughs> time got, after like, time. Dude, we got like one month of sunshine, basically. Wow. Well, we, you know, here in South Florida, we get rain almost every day, it seems, but um, I don't think we get as much as you do overall. It just like comes in and then it goes out. Do we had, it was a couple weeks ago, it was 70 degrees on a Thursday and then it snowed on a Monday. Wait, you, you get Whoa. snow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and usually we don't get that, especially here, like on, you know, the Western side of the state. Yeah. But yeah, so man that's crazy that's crazy uh, also i just recently went to kansas uh and because as you know a lot of people know like my spiritual father lives out there yeah and uh so he loaded me up with a he he, because he was an old reggae dj yeah so he was trying to send me back with a bunch of records but only had so much room (laughs) so i came back with a whole box of like uh, old school reggae 45s so I've just been sitting there. Yeah, has been sitting there cleaning all those off. <laughs> and you might so. need to do a special episode where you just spin records to like a yeah. DJ for the night, you know? Yeah, man. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I love that. How's he doing? Uh, he's doing okay. I mean, he's yeah. been pretty sick. So, you know, he just needs lots of prayer. Yeah. He he, he was uh, on the show for, for those that haven't heard um, a few episodes back or maybe more than that. I don't I don't know how many back. Um, what What was that show called? Do you remember? Or when it was, uh, I think it was it was like November. I think or something. Yeah, yeah could something be. like what, that. Yeah. Remind me his name. Uh, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so he he's an Orthodox deacon and uh, history of reggae, all that stuff. It was a great conversation with him, but he's undergone a lot of a lot of difficult things, and uh, you know he's kind of in the midst of, of some further difficulties. And I loved having him on because he he definitely bears uh the difficulties of life really well yeah yeah it, it was it was is a blessed time um because yeah he's got two kinds of cancer he's got testicular and um uh oh God, what's the other one prostate Jeez. oh man Jeez. So, yeah so um yeah it, it was just a blessing being out there though just i mean that was my first time flying by myself you know oh, really so, yeah so it's like i flew <laughs> into kansas city missouri and then drove from there out. he lives about an hour and a half away so you know making all these big financial decisions without my wife <laughs> well I'm, you know? I'm glad you had a good time with him man yeah 
So, but what's been up with you, my man? Man, I don't know. It's just been so busy. It's like you you uh, you spin around, and it's like where the last couple of weeks go. But uh, I will say one of one of the things I try to do is I try to be present every day, um, and especially having a little boy now and and being married now and all that stuff. It's like trying to make sure that at some point in the day the other things are pushed aside and stop and that that's been that's been really good um so but beyond beyond that i mean i'm getting ready for for the summer uh i've got some recording coming up this summer i'm traveling for work and i'm going to be doing some recording with dj sean p in um in july so really excited about finally making progress on the mr rogers of the rap game stuff so dude sean p is an underrated producer i'm gonna say that right now it's like, time to rate him because dude <laughs> i mean it's like dude like i mean i was listening to the move merchants the first move merchants joint the other day yeah and uh it comes with the instrumentals too so a lot of times if they're just like instrumentals on something i'll just like be driving home like freestyling and um dude just like a lot of i mean there's one joint on there like if you throw it on at first, you might think it was DJ Premier just because it kind of has like the horn stabs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's I'm he, he's dope. So I'm glad you're all working together. Yeah. Man, it, what one of the things I love with him is if I have an idea um, and I can describe it to him, I don't I don't even need to give like examples. I just just describe it and then uh, I'll throw in a twist. Like, can you make it sample free? Mm. and he still delivers you know no, he, he's not like get out of here <laughs> right no and and of course he's got records for days and right. samples for days but um but he's capable of doing so much so mm. yeah there's a lot of good stuff there so i i don't want to spend more time talking about myself though because we've got a guest in the house we do uh to, today's guest he's multi-talented you know he's a rapper he's a producer he's an amazing drummer um you know, you and I are drummers, but like, I almost don't even want to put us in the same category as this guy, right? Uh, as a prolific and talented artist, he's played jazz, reggae, blues, funk, soul, R&B, punk rock. And of course, as many of the listeners uh, expect on this show, hip hop. Uh, of course, he's been part of many talented hip hop crews over the years, including Future Shock, Tunnel Rats, The Inklings, and Foot Soldiers. He's also played with a lot of bands. He currently works with the Soli Band and the Burt Bryan Band. And he fills in Brian. with the... Bri- Brian? Brian, yeah. Brian. Oh, man, Sorry, I messed it up in the it. intro. <laughs> He's Sorry, in the Burt Brian Band. And he fills in with the LA Trio and a reggae and punk rock fusion known as Hazmat. Welcome to the show, Sojourn. How hey. are you? Hey, I'm well. <laughs> air that, horns do you usually come out with air horns when you drum <laughs> no you might consider it you know it'd be a nice yeah, touch i every every now and then though when i play with hazman i'll do that though just on mic is that just for the, real just the <laughs> that's that's i hit the air horns when i when i play that stuff that, that seems reasonable um mm-hmm. and and i love the name hazmat um yeah now now uh like how do you get so diverse in music i don't want to jump all the way right into music but i just want to like up front sure very eclectic man i think i think the fact that i i i'm willing to to kind of stretch myself as a player to 
kind of fit into other styles and see if I can play them. So that's the, that's the challenge for me. It's fun. Sure. You know what I mean, it's just another outlet of expression. So um, I think it just, it, and I think it all really stems from having played in the church um, and playing different styles in church and in different churches, learning different, you know, um, rhythms and, and genres and styles and, and then that carrying over into, you know, different people who would play out in the community and finding out, oh yeah, this guy plays here, you know, and yeah. just kind of fitting in with, you know, whomever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that I owe a lot of that to, to that. And, and, um, cause I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I listen to a lot of different stuff at different times. Uh, yeah. usually when I'm like studying for, you know, playing gigs, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, my wheelhouse is like the stuff that I listen to is a lot of hip hop and a lot of jazz and R&B funk type of stuff. Sure. Know, stuff that I would sample, you know what I mean? Well, and, and hip hop itself, it, you know, especially a lot of the, the early stuff or, or like golden era stuff, you know, in the nineties is drawing from all genres and right. Uh, well, right. and gosh, even the old school, I mean, you listen to run DMC and they're, they're incorporating all kinds of rock and roll in a way mm -hmm. in the eighties, in a way that other groups weren't necessarily doing. So hip hop has sure, always yeah. been big enough to include elements of other genres. Yeah. Right. But I'm, I'm right. curious, uh, which came first for you? Was it the love of like all music or was it specifically hip hop first? And then that opened the doors to the others. Uh, all music first okay. and then the older I got when started hearing when I started hearing hip-hop songs then it was like focused in on that yeah yeah sure. yeah sure I mean there's a picture uh, that my dad took of me um I was probably five or six and my grandmother was behind me and I was at a drum set and that you know that's long before you know what I mean? I knew anything about hip hop. So that was sure. just music. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's fresh. Well, uh, what are we all drinking here? I saw you sip on something just a minute ago. Yes. Yeah. Mine is, uh, you know, my brew right now is a, a tea type of thing. You know what I mean? Awesome. Yaki, Yaki, Yaki. Mate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I sip, mm -hmm. I sip, uh, I got like a, a gourd. And so I'll drink some mate like straight from the gourd. That's dope. Yeah, like 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 a like a plant gourd, right? Yeah, it's a, basically it's like a like that's how they do it in Argentina. It's a basically like mm -hmm. hollowed out, okay. and it's got like a little filter straw, and um they'll they'll sip that like all day long. Actually, like it's like in some of the poor parts of the country, like they like the government tells us that like parents be like give that to the kids because it's got so many like minerals and nutrients and stuff in it. It's like mm. wow, yeah, that's, that's fresh. Cool. That's yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've I've never had that. Oh, it's it's great. Um, they're different flavors. I just had some uh, authentic mate that got brewed for me. I was uh, doing a session, recording session um, uh, the other day, and the engineer brewed some mate, like dark. It was like oh, super good, yeah. super good. So yeah, that's nice. That's what I'm sipping on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pinky straight extended, out, straight out the can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nomadic? What do you got? Um, well, I got two things. I, I had a gallon of water that I left out in my studio, but um, I'm sipping a, it's a Golden Road Mango Cart. Oh, yeah. Mango yeah. I was like, 
one of my been beer reps. dude it's uh one of my beer reps gave me like the glass i'm like i gotta get the beer for it now so yeah man it's <laughs> super light and the the other thing i grabbed because i was gonna probably crack that too was um it's a collaboration between a Bitburger and Deschutes. And uh, so it's a dry hopped Zickle beer. So it's just like a, you know, uh lager. I just figured I'd keep something light, you know. That that's an interesting collaborate there. Yeah, I know. It's like I love seeing those ones where it's like um, you know, the US and then, you know, others other countries. Like I know Sierra does that for their Oktoberfest beers a lot. They'll they'll collaborate with like Wine Stefaner for like their Oktoberfest stuff. That's cool. That's cool. So on the on the Golden Road thing, I really like Golden Road. Um, I've been there a couple times. They actually have a brewery in LA that's like a, it's kind of like a warehouse vibe, and uh, but they they serve some food and stuff like cool people, cool beer, great beer, you know. Um, in fact, I think I rocked a Golden Road hat in my uh, World's Okayest Rapper music video, uh-huh. but uh, I can't say for sure. So I am sipping on a Brew Dog beer. Uh, now, BrewDog, they do some really, really innovative stuff, but they've also got a line of non-alcoholic beers now that are fantastic. Okay. It's the um, AF line. So this beer is called Punk AF, um, and it's a, it's a <laughs> hoppy pale. Um, but they're so good. And, like, you can even get them on Amazon. Um, like, you can just get a, a case of non-alcoholic BrewDog beers delivered to your house. Okay, cool. I was almost in a grab because I got yes. a non-alcoholic one. I was like, you know, dude, every time I come on here, Jamie's sipping non-alcoholic beer make me feel like the lush on the show. So I was almost going to grab one, but I was like, nah, I'm going to go with this. <laughs> well, after that yeah. rum show, I've had to behave a little more on the... <laughs> we drank yeah. so much rum that night. Oh, my goodness. Y'all went a little overboard on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we were having so much fun by the end, you know? <laughs> Well, it's like you get to talking like music. I mean, that's probably where this will go yeah. to, just music and drums. It's like, yeah. you know, it just keeps going, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly oh, wow. it. So I was going to say, Sojourn, um, so like I know Jamie was kind of describing my studio a little bit, and I, I can snap some pictures later, but ironically, I had that exact uh, light-headed 12-inch behind me. Uh, I'm like, to, I was like, all right, I, like, I got it because I don't have that future shock, that syntax. So I've been trying to find that, yeah. but I was like, well, I had to have a little sum. And then I had a, then I had, a, of course, I had that right there. You can Ooh. see it, but I had that. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing I just noticed is that the new Monophonics album right behind you? No. Okay. Color scheme is similar for sure. Yeah. No, this is the band that I'm playing with now, the Sully band. Okay, um, okay. Word, this word. is an album we recorded. Um, mm. Let's straighten it out. Covers, they're all covers, but they're obs- obscure. But wow, um, yeah, that Drums looks classic and right there. Yeah, super, super classic look, dude. Yeah, got that blue note vibe to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah, if you love uh, soul, funk, and blues, you you definitely dig it. Well, th- tell us a little bit about that. I, I was going to talk a little bit more about beer, but let's go into that. Um, about being a drummer in a band, or rather yeah. like a bunch of bands, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, for me, I mean, it's it's work, but it's fun work. Um, you know, some some bands are a little bit more work than others, but, yeah, um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, I guess, 
learning the not only learning the material but like the people that you're playing with you know what i mean yeah. in terms of the i mean because i guess the the equivalent is in the corporate world your your different offices they're always going to be you know right. people in different offices or you know cubicles that you have whatever you know feelings with toward or whatever or um you know i guess office politics you know mm -hmm. on, a, on a smaller level I guess that would be a micro level would be, you know, band politics, you know what I mean? Right. You know, different band members and what have you. Um, but I mean, I, I've done the nine to five thing, you know, for years. So it's just a smaller version of that. So, you know, sure. it's just, uh, you know, on that end, but I mean, in terms of playing, it's, it's cool because it doesn't, I feels like it doesn't get old because I'm playing with different bands. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? Right. And I'm playing different things. Um, so the stuff that I'm playing with Hazmat is like the punk rock and reggae stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's fun in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, get to play the punk stuff and I just wild out kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the reggae stuff is super, you know, super it's reggae, you know what I mean? Yeah. Roots and stuff. So, um, and then my LA trio stuff with, you know, Lester Abrams. Lester Abrams is the guy who wrote uh, Minute by Minute for the Doobie Brothers. Oh, but wow. he yeah and so he, when i play with him we'll play old blue stuff soul stuff some of the stuff he you know a lot of originals as he's written and then you know old covers as well and that's always fun because i don't know what he's going to pull out half the time and so we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants on those um and then with bert brian it's like you know um covers kind of top 40 ish Okay. you know but he's all but he's a jazz kind of cat too so he plays piano so there's there's that uh and so we'll play every now and then we'll play some standards and you know that's always cool you know what i mean yeah. um and uh and then of course like with my the band that i'm playing with the most right now the sully band it's kind of all over it's like you know soul r&b blues um funk and then there, you know, there's space that I, I can kind of, I get open here and there, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll have like spots where I can, you know, recite a verse, you know, or right. maybe freestyle, you know what I mean? So, so, that, so are you that's like, like the hip hop Phil Collins then? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good comparison. I'll take that. Yes, I'll do can, it. Can yeah. we start calling him that? I mean, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious, do you, do you mostly play... Uh, in your area, are you guys able to secure gigs fairly local, or do you have to travel quite a bit, or uh, are you um, resident in certain places, certain venues? Yeah, well, it's kind of a combination of all of the above. Okay. Um, uh, but we have been able to secure some some fly out dates here and there. We did Austin. Um, what was that last year? Um, yeah. At Antone's. Um, blue spot was legendary actually because it's dope because they have a record store right next to it oh nice so that was fun yeah so that, that was super fun um we're about to do uh colorado just yesterday did i mean this is still somewhat local because i'm in the north county of san diego but uh did holly the uh hard rock cafe in hollywood last night so that nice. was you know and that's cool um and yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's a combination of a, of yeah. a, a bit of all of them, you know what I mean? And 
uh, as far as like a residency, I think we've done, uh, you know, some stuff with, uh, uh, with the Belly Up. Uh, it's a venue in Solana Beach. Uh, and through Sully's connections with, uh, you know, KUSI, it's one of the news stations out here. Um, so we're kind of a regular, you know what I mean, on, mm -hmm. on KUSI. There's a show that he held on the air. Wow. And the band is kind of a house band for that. You know what I mean? So we're filming that. Wow. Well, that's airing on the, on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, really Southern California is, is an incredible place, especially like LA and uh, San Diego, probably. Um, I don't know San Diego as well though, but you've got a lot of opportunity where like within a couple of hours and unfortunately mm -hmm. you have to say a couple of hours, but you're reaching mm -hmm. almost entirely different communities. Oh yeah, and, entirely. Yeah. And it's like such a concentration of creative types in Southern California, especially in LA, it seems, um, and, and industry types and people that are, you know, there's actual scenes there, yeah. you know, like here in mm -hmm. South Florida, I'm not hating on my local scene because there, there is somewhat of a scene, but it's, it's not what you get in uh, Southern California. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's very active what you have there. Yeah. That that is for sure, and in their pockets of different activity in the different you know regions, you know. Yeah, well, I think that that's what's so dope about like San Diego is just like how how like integrated yet diverse like the music scene is. It's like like you're saying mm -hmm. like just the amount of bands you play, and those are all different, you know. Yeah. But like yeah, I, like I would go see that show, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. all three of like it's just dope, and it's like. Um, you know, even just hearing like different bands from like San Diego that will just flip, you know, I mean, I've talked about like, say like POD on the show and stuff, mm -hmm. and, you know, other groups that it's just like, it, sure. just comes, it just comes natural. It's like not forced. It's just like, that's how it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. It's yeah, one you... of the nice things about being out here is that, you know, there is, there is diversity in terms of, you know, genres and, and different parts of the scene in the scene kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, are, are you from Southern California? Not originally, but okay. here is home. I was born in Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah. But you, you've been there for, for decades, though. So Yes. Yeah. yeah. So here, yeah, that's why I say here is home. Yeah, you know that I mean? makes West sense. West Coast is home for me. And you you were also, I mean, you you were on the rap scene there, maybe, maybe still are. Um, tell me a little bit about your involvement uh, with Southern California hip hop and, and beyond. Sure, sure. Um, uh, for those who don't know, I, I'm a, I was a part of a group called uh, Future Shock. And, um, you know, Southern California, West Coast hip hop uh, group out of Oceanside, California. Um, you know, traveled to San Diego and LA and met up with some some other cats out there, uh, LA uh, specifically, um, and uh, formed a collective uh, with LPG, uh, Rafi, known as Shames Worthy, Peace 586, uh, Zane One, called the Tunnel Rats. Um, and so, you know, done a bunch of shows and uh, various projects, albums, uh, and EPs uh yeah for a number of years throughout the 90s and some into the 2000s uh, yeah. i think the last 
project that uh, Future Shock did was uh, one of our EPs. And this was probably, gosh, this was, I wanna say this was maybe around 06, maybe? Was that with 06, the 08? Um, no, this was actually independent. We had oh. done, well, yeah. Mm. The last thing that we had done with, well, not Spear, was with Syntax. That was uh, like 001. We did a record called The, the Art, of Art of Zenos. Yeah, yeah. 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 This final behind me yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do the whole for, for the YouTube folk. Yeah. Man. Very nice. Yeah, that that's yeah. uh the th there's so much there um in what you just talked about, like that we could go into. And of course, Nomadic, you're welcome to jump in at any time with questions you have. But you know, I like that era of time was a really exciting time, I think, in in Christian hip hop because there were a lot of very talented MCs and and producers. Um Th throwing their their hat into the ring you know and like getting and mm -hmm. in, getting involved and making uh really high quality hip-hop and in in a lot of ways um innovating and and they're almost developed for better or for worse they're almost developed a, a christian sound uh during that time now now some of it you know what what a lot of christian hip-hop has suffered from was being completely derivative so that's why I emphasize that it's like all of a sudden here were some MCs actually making music um, that was was original. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was always our thing too. Is that we we wanted to be original. I mean, it was a, it was it really was kind of a a, um, a product of both hip hop and our faith. It was was like okay if we. You know, hip hop was the rule was no biting. You were supposed to be original. You weren't supposed to sound like anybody else. Yeah. Um, and then with our faith, it was like, well, if we were trying to be any kind of representation of, of God, then we thought then it, we should be creative. You know, we yeah. should be different. We should be, you know, we shouldn't be derivative. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I, I remember, um, y'all remember that magazine it was called Feed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. So there, there was a, issue I had it was like a article and I think it was with was it with Ahmed I can't remember but it was somebody from Future Shock but he was talking about like having like this uh you know fork in the road so to speak as far as like his faith in music and basically like you know he had, had a stack of just like you know you, you know regular hip-hop cds and then like a stack of like Christian ones is like you know this stuff's kind of whack and this stuff's dope but like this is my faith what do I do and he was like I was like do better you know yeah I, I felt like yeah that was red yeah, yeah okay there you go red. so yeah. i feel like there was like a there was like that all of a sudden you started seeing instead of it sounding like just like oh well this is like what the church kids listen to you started seeing people right. who were like hip-hop heads and like this is mm -hmm. my faith and then it started just becoming more original and i think especially yeah. like you know that you know mid late 90s you know especially a lot of the brainstorm stuff on brainstorm at that time oh yeah it was just like you know just it was it was solid it was dope like you could give it to anybody like check this out and people were like yo this is hip-hop you know yeah yeah exactly and that and that was the point it was like we wanted it to be on par with everything else out that we loved mm -hmm. you know, yeah. i mean all of our all of our influences 
is we just wanted to be dope you know what i mean yeah. and be um yeah we just wanted to contribute you know what i'm yeah. saying in that way yeah now i'm i'm curious um you know you're talking about two things going on here you're talking about you you've got this crew future shock but then you've got this larger crew uh that you're part of tunnel rats um mm -hmm. how does the dynamic work on that when you've got a group with i don't know how many people were in tunnel rats like 10 12 uh, right. at, yeah. at one point, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a, that creative process is very different. Can you explain a right. little bit about all that? Sure. I, I think for us, I mean, initially, um, it was a bit more, it was more like, you know, studio time was booked. Can you all make it to the session type of a thing, which is how we, you know, which is how future shock ended up on you know, on LPG's uh, first album, The Earthworm, you know, on a song called Deafening Silence. Yeah. And it was one of those things where we were rolling up there um, pretty, pretty, I guess, kind of regularly. And yeah. it was, they were having a, you know, they were recording. It was like, okay, Dax had this concept and was like, here's the beat, you know, Peace made the beat and it's all right, our raps, you know what I mean? Um, so initially it was kind of a, you know, studio times booked uh get up here you know write and record type of thing um uh, with future shock it was different because we were all you know kind of in in the same you know in the same vicinity where it yeah. was we would have beats that we would make and you know all go to one place and you know make beats and and right. talk and write raps you know what i mean um and then, uh, and, and then eventually it became a thing where we would try to kind of conceptualize larger projects and, and have themes and, okay, who's going to write about this and who's, you know, that kind of a, that right. kind of approach. Right. Um, so I think, you know, one thing kind of helped prepare us for another, you know what I mean? Sure. In terms of future shock, it was one of our things where it was like getting together, practicing, freestyling, writing, making beats prepared us for being able to you know deliver when it came time to getting into the studio with with lpg and and uh and shames worthy and, and and zane and peace and dirt and, and actually kind of creating on the spot mm -hmm. nomadic you uh you had some questions about uh taking him a little deeper on on a couple of his records would you would you jump in here yeah um well i mean especially being from like you know the northwest it's like you know you were on actually i think you were your album was the so journalism was like the last album on hip-hop as music yes uh, how did you end up how did you end up hooking up with like braille and like all that uh yeah so i ended up working with braille um through over the years like kind of just being fans of each other's work um and then eventually he would he would reach out and ask me to do like a guest feature you know one of his projects and like the 12 inch yeah. behind you right right and then like he had a one of his albums called the box box of rhymes yeah and so that one was you know what i mean got down on one of those like a posse cut on that yep, yep. you know what i mean and through throughout the years it was like he would do another album and then he would have another posse cut and you know, asked me to feature on it. And by the time we had done, um, he had done, what was it? The IV, 
uh, yeah. one of Braille's albums. Mm -hmm. Super dope. And he had a song, we did a song called Constantly Growing. Yeah, and it was with speech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was speech from Arrested Development and and um and um Spinner, DJ Spinner had uh, yeah. made the track. Mm -hmm. So that was huge. You know what I mean? Um so by the time that had happened, we were already, you know, Braille was already in the process of starting a, a label. And he had reached out to me like in I feel like in 06, 07 and asked if I would want to be one, uh, if I was willing to, you know, do an album with the, with the label. So it was like, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Future Shock was kind of not trailing off, but we were doing less and less, you know what I mean? We were, we were still doing shows here and there, but we were right. starting to do a little bit less and less. Um, and so the, most of the, the creative stuff that was coming out was just me being on features and then doing mm -hmm. production and, and then I started, you know, my drumming started picking up. So that's when, you know, that's how that came, came to be. Um, and through the course of, I guess, a few years, um, around 09 was when So Journalism mm -hmm. dropped. And yeah, and shortly after that, like, you know, there was just a whole lot going on with Braille at the time. And it was like, he, um, and the industry was changing too, and and so he, he had decided to shutter the, the the doors after after the release of that one uh, that record, unfortunately. But you know there was still still a, a lot of life left in that record, so I was doing shows, you know, promoting it that way. Yeah. What was um, there, I I got a quick question about that because um, I'm sure. trying to think back to that time, like 2009. That was about the time. I was living in, Na I moved out of Nashville around that time. So I was right in mm -hmm. the heart of the Christian music world for a number of years. What was the, was that record pushed within the Christian market or was it just all mainstream independent market and online or, and like what kind of shows, I mean, were you doing all mainstream shows? Or were you doing some church shows too, or? The majority just mainstream shows, mainstream. really. Yeah. And as far as the push, I mean, it was the the we were it <laughs> kind of felt bad saying this, but it wasn't pushed that much because well, right sure. after it dropped, it was like grand opening, grand closing, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. So um, but you know, it was supposed to be just general market type of thing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, with the with the you know, with the production that was on it and you know, we weren't it, it was just straight general market, right? You know, I, I, I was saying the things I was saying on the record, which, you know, um, was one thing I wasn't shying away from, you know, being a Christian or anything. Right, um, right, right. But I also wasn't trying to market specifically to churches. Yeah, right. So. Well, I mean, like there's, I, I think it was Fool's Gold and you had like a line, I think it was Fool's Gold, you're like, you know, I'm more biblical than I am political. Oh, that was on uh, Say Something. Yeah. yeah, Say Something, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, well, and you just even going to production, it's like you had there was a joint produced by was it Panic of the Moment or, or somebody from Mormon? uh the other one P N S yeah P how'd you link up with him through Braille Dude, I man. mean I was a, I was a fan of the Moment you yeah. know what I mean um, through the stuff they'd done with Rock Hill and Juice mm. and mm -hmm. you know so mm. I was already knowing about him so yeah. when I you know 
agreed to do the record with Braille, he was like, yeah, make a list of people that you would want to work with. And he, you know, we kind of went like, through it. Like, okay. Pete Rock. Right. I was like, so I can't get Pete Rock. Right. I couldn't get, you know, Pete Rock and Dilla were out. So it was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so, you know, these are the people I would want to work with, you know, the, sure. the usual, I was like, all right, Mad Lib, oh no. And, you know, ended up getting oh no. And, yep. and, um, PNS was a cool surprise just because it, I wasn't expecting that. So I was like, oh, dope. Okay. So, yeah. That's but dope. that was how that was how that that happened it was through through braille and he had a like a lot of connections just over the years of working with mm -hmm. working with different people and just you know his networking at the time yeah. now you, you also had a collaboration with ras cast right yes that was through that was on my own that was through um that was through i i did i started doing a lot of beat battles you know producer battles where you know, you would face off against other producers and you play a beat and another producer plays a beat and the crowd and judges would, would decide who's, excuse me, who's got the, the, the hotter track or whatever. <laughs> and uh, through the course of a couple of years in San Diego, I was just kind of running through the battle circuit trying to just, you know, you know, it was really kind of like a, a, a way to kind of network and, and oh, get yeah. beats out so I could show, hey, I got beats as well. You know showcase I mean? your stuff. Right. Yeah. And how the Rascast thing happened was I was, you know, I played played a, a, a flip of a song that I did, you know, was chopping up prints. And uh, the guy, brother who was managing Rascast at the time, reached out to me and was, hey, Raz wants that beat. And I was like, which one? <laughs> you know, and this was, this was like, I don't know, 2010, 2011, yeah. I don't know, maybe 11 or 12. It was around that time because he was doing an album called Adidas. All day oh, I dream about spitting. About spitting. Yeah. We were, we're yeah. Retmatic. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We were Retmatic. Exactly. And so that had a whole bunch of different producers on it. And I was one of the producers on it um, uh, for a song called um, Lifetime. And I, I called it dead doves because I had chopped, you know, a doves cry. Um, but anyhow, that that was one of the that was how that happened. It was like because I did that track for Rascaz, in turn, he was going to do a verse for me, and so that's how we that's how we worked that out. So when the time came, you know, I had a beat from um, uh, Cortland from Beautiful oh, Eulogy, yeah, who went at the time by yeah Cortland Urbano, who went by. Experiment Beats at the time mm -hmm. had a track from him and that was something I was starting to do shows with and I was I wrote verses too and I thought this is the one for for him sure. sent it to him and after back and forth and he he killed it you know what I mean so that's dope yeah and that's on the the dark room EP right yes mm -hmm. can you tell us about that record yeah yeah Definitely. And like a little um, bit about maybe maybe either your process or or some of like the inspiration and concept behind it. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I was kind of a, a continuation of where I was going on some of so journalism with treating the songs like journal entries, and you know going through a period of time where I was dealing with some you know just consequences of bad decisions over the years. You know what I mean work stuff, life stuff, and just going, um, making the same mistake kind of a thing. 
why is that happening? Why, I'm, why do I keep messing up like this or whatever? And um, actually, you know, writing through going, you know, going through the process of that kind of, you know, journaling my thoughts and, you know, trying to poeticize it and all of that. And actually, you know, at, at, a, at one point, you know, talking to a therapist and helping to, you know, helping me to process stuff. Yeah. And that was where that came from. And, and the idea came from, you know, what happens in a dark room, you know, you're developing negatives, you know what I mean? You, and you come out with, right. a, with a, with a picture. So that was the, that was the concept and the idea behind that. It was just me kind of looking in the mirror and, and, and looking at, you know, um, yeah, looking at my own process of learning and the going, okay, why do I learn this way or what, you know, and then looking at my upbringing and all these sure. different things and, and trying to, um, trying to process it and express it and make it in a way that was not only like cathartic for me, but right. potentially, you know, helpful for somebody else to hear. Yeah. Now, were all those songs written in like kind of the same season or were they written over the course of several years? Because that that can make a difference um, in in how you approach things, especially especially if you're like yeah. talking to a therapist and this inspires a a body of work i'm just kind of curious yeah about that yeah it was over it was over a season that went that lasted a few years okay. <laughs> so it was like yeah. yeah so it was one of those things where it was like you know um started you know just dealing with life stuff and then talking to a therapist and then writing all the whole time through that period some mm -hmm. stuff you know didn't make the project some stuff was just for me and yeah. then some stuff was like oh this is this would fit perfect on this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. It's almost secondary therapy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have a line on one of the songs where I say, this is, um, you know, therapy session. This is me on the mic with the couch and the drums, you know what I mean? I'm, uh, in <laughs> one of the tunes because it was like, yeah, blah, you know, got it out and there it is. Well, it makes me think of a, uh, evidence from Dialy. He had a line where he's like, you know, my lyrics take care of, my lyrics take care of me. They like therapy to get ish off my chest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So you've been working with Elect for a while. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's like a good label to be working with. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's a good fit. Um, just based on, you know, kind of where I'm at and what I'm able to devote in terms of, you know, bandwidth, you know what I mean? And, right. and writing and producing and whatnot. Um, and plus the, the, he has kind of an infrastructure in place in terms of, um, network and, and distribution, mm -hmm. um, that just, that works, you know what I mean? That's, you know, beyond what I personally have. So it, it, it's, and it's worked out, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and learning a lot about like sync licensing kind of through, you know, working with elect as well. And so that's, that's kind of like one of my goals in terms of production is getting into, you know, TV and film. And so learning, you know, through working with elect in terms of what gets picked and what doesn't, and, you know, in terms of um, different uh, music libraries and whatnot. So it's been a, it's been a cool relationship over the years. with them. So are you going to, I mean, and maybe you can't let the cat out the bag yet or not, but um, especially working on new material, are you going to end up doing like a whole LP and maybe even vinyl through Ildak? Um, 
I'm working on an instrumental project with with them. So there's a there's a beat tape instrumental project that's going to be coming out for them. Um, as far as vinyl, there is something um, that's going to be coming down the line um, that I don't know if I can let the cat out of the bag. It is a full length, um, but not mine. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> intriguing not so i'll say i'll say not solo right right. you guys know in my kind of my history i'll let you run with that one well i'm gonna say this i was just thinking about this um because we've reached out to to uh sivion to have him on and he said he's down to come on we just got to link it up but i'm knowing that you play drums and he plays sax i'm like that would be pretty dope Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah that would be dope. I'm actually we, we're we're talking about some stuff um, too because on the on the, the instrumental project because he plays sax. I'm like, he hit me up about one beat that I kind of posted and he was like, "What are you doing with that?" And I was like, "Well, I'm using it, but if you want to play on it, <laughs> you know what I mean?" Nice, nice. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your beat record that you're working on um and and like the vibe and and all that stuff what are you sure sure um interestingly enough because i've been working on it for a long time the vibe has changed (laughs) a few times okay just because of like uh, equipment changed you know what i mean the the software's updated and and whatnot so i mean i I initially started it what was just going to be a super raw sketches type of a beat tape where it was stuff that I made on my MPC, you know, mm. 2000 XL. Um, but after a while, that machine, you know, kind of crapped out on me, no longer was sampling. And it wasn't reading my zip drive. So it wasn't reading the floppy disk. So I couldn't like, so I went through a whole bunch of stuff of trying to borrow the homies, you know, MPC to kind of get stuff off of my disks so I could at least you know, two tracks, some of the stuff, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that I could at least have it in that form. Uh, so I went from that to, you know, once I kind of changed over and, and started messing with the Native Instruments machine, um, you know, the vibe started changing and I started, you know, delving into different um, palettes of sound, you know what I mean? Sure. I was messing with some sample free stuff, but still chopping and sampling a lot, but then over the over time it was like oh yeah well the the stuff that'll get placed and licensed and all that stuff has to be sample free or right you know yeah. you know right. so learning that kind of thing has kind of shaped or you know changed the shape of the of the project so yeah. and then of course you know my peers and you know putting out amazing music has also made me trying to change <laughs> up some things too I'm like ooh you know so yeah, the vibe it, it's 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 gonna be cool. It's gonna be it's gonna be some soulful stuff. It's gonna have some funky stuff, and it's actually all gonna be funky. I, I'm I'm pretty confident in that. But uh, yeah. uh, it's just a matter of you know what I mean. What's going to what you guys are gonna hear? You know what I mean? Because sure. there's, there's gonna be stuff that's gonna be on the cutting room floor, obviously. But um, it, it's gonna be some stuff. I, I it's tentatively called Tabula Rasa. Um, okay. meaning a blank slate right um uh just for the purposes of the stuff that doesn't have vocals on it so mm-hmm. kind of allowing you yeah. you know do what you will with it mentally while you're listening to it um so it's going to be kind of you know 
vibey, um, definitely groove heavy, and yeah, and funky. So, yeah, Man, I'm excited to hear it. That sounds awesome. I also totally Thank get you. that about the collaboration stuff. I, I do think it's amazing how collaboration can make us stronger. Um, yeah. And, and uh, well, not even just collaboration, just like even just being surrounded by other creative types. Uh, yeah, you talk sure. about music, your peers are coming out and, you know, putting out or making, inspiring you um, mm -hmm. to take a second look at some of your beats. Um, mm -hmm. I always think of the, the, uh, uh, scenario right with uh, tribe called quest uh classic party jam uh, or, or crew jam and then um you know busta rhymes of course just tears it up uh on right. his verse yeah yeah and i i was reading an interview i want to say it was with q-tip but it might have been someone else but um when they were talking about the final tribe called quest record um mm. They were talking about the creative process for that record and then also talking about their history. And I remember reading that when Busta Rhymes came in and spit his verse, at least one or two of the rappers went back and rewrote theirs and recut their vocals mm -hmm. because they were like, yeah. I'm not going to put this next to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's the, yeah, it's definitely the, the iron sharpening iron, you know, adage, but it's, it's a thing, you know what I mean? I, I mean, for, for sure, it was like, there were some sessions where it was like, uh, you know, back in the day with, 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 with the Tunnel Rats, man, it was like, ooh, we, we knew who was going to be on the song. So it was like, yeah, you got to yeah. come with it. You know what I mean? Sure. You got to yeah. come with it. You know, yeah. that kind of a thing, you know. And it, it, it's, it's healthy, you know what I mean? It was like everyone spurring each other on to be like their best, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And and it's especially good when it can go like that because you know you talk about earlier you were talking about being in bands and how you know you have different personalities, different ideas, mm -hmm. different creative influences. There's there's like a whole positive stream for that, and then there's also a way it can go really bad, right? Too. Mm -hmm. um, but ideally, if you're with you know good guys, like-minded people, um, ideally, even where you disagree you know, you're, you're going to actually become better artists, uh, through that sure. process. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you'll, you'll get introduced to ideas or approaches that you wouldn't otherwise, you know, be exposed to, or get, you know, get perspective on, you yeah. know, so that's, that's always a helpful. Unit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that was, I was just thinking too, as far as like, um, you know, being in like different bands and stuff. It's like, I mean, yeah, you are dealing with different personalities. And like, is that something that helps you? Like if you're practicing with say like hazmat and then you're like going like with like the Soli band, like, are you able to take like some experiences from here over to here? Uh, I think so. There's, there are some things that are transferable. Um, but I think the sizes, the, the, the amount of people in bands is a big part of it too. Because mm -hmm. I mean, with, with Hazmat, it's usually three or four. Right. With the Sully yeah. band, we're like eight or nine, you know what yeah, I mean? So sure. it's a little bit, little bit different. But some things are, you know, transferable, you know what I mean? Like the approach, uh, you know, to putting forth your ideas, that kind of a thing. You know, that would be, you know, that would be the same in, in, in both contexts, you know what I mean? It's just a, a 
how much how much space is there for you to kind of put your idea in the in the pot as it were and so are you able to do music full time that was yes. exactly what thankfully. We, what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Um, yeah. At what point I, did I, you I did you decide to do that? And like, was it a leap of faith, or was it something that just naturally <laughs> happened? I'm glad you asked. It's <laughs> um, like you want to talk about a leap of faith, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a shipwreck? You know. Um, <laughs> um, can you say 2020? Uh, um. No, interestingly enough, man, I started, um, you know, I, I reached out to the, the Sully band cats and went, showed up at one of the shows, had my business card and uh, reached out. And this was about, I think, toward the end of 2019, did one gig, uh, you know, with them. we did a rehearsal and then did one gig with them and then got a text with all the dates for 2020. I was like, okay, this is happening. You know, mm. what I mean? and at the time I was, you know, I had just left, you know, like my last corporate job and I was interning and I was pivoting, you know, what I mean, I was going back sure. to school for my degree and trying to, you know, I was thinking of graphic design and then I was changing that and I was going to, you know, I found out I was closer to getting my degree than I thought. So I just, you know, changed, changed lanes again. And, and then when I got the text with all of the you know, the dates for 2020, I was like, okay, cool, dope. I'm literally, I'm full-time then, you know, and then 2020 happened, you know, the pandemic and dates started dropping off the calendar. Mm. And, but I, so I had, technically I had gone full-time, you know, 2019 into 2020. Wow. You know, just, yeah. So it was, it was a, maybe a little bit before then, cause I was still doing you know, between church and the other bands that I play in, I was doing more of that while yeah. I was, you know, interning and going to school. And then March 2020 came around and you crapped your pants, I would imagine. What and happened? I was like, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, places, you know, venues were shutting down and, you know, jeez, oh, lots of stuff was, was dropping off the calendar. And, I mean, thankfully, man, it was like, like I said, between church and, and the Sully band, it was a godsend because he was keeping us busy by we were doing because he works in TV and, and radio. So it's like yeah. we were doing kind of what we would do in live. We were just kind of breaking it down and doing the, OK, we'll have one song. We'll, we'll agree on what song we're going to do. We'll have like a kind of a, a guide track and we'll start to record our parts at home on our phones. Yeah. send it into the studio they'll put them together and make these videos you know where it's like a looks like the brady bunch kind of a thing you know but but it's the home concert thing that you started seeing you know over the course of 2020 and you went into 2021 20, with musicians it was like well we got to create somehow and so that's what we did and that was king us basically employed it was like that was wow that was those were the gigs you know what i mean they were virtual uh, and then until, you know, the, the belly up in Salon Beach was doing live stream gigs. It was like the only people there were the, cam excuse me, the, were the cameramen, you know what I mean? Right. Filming the band, yeah. no audience, yeah. you know, and the band is kind of spread out, you know what I mean? Across the stage. So, um, but that was, that was what ended up happening, you know, wow. and that's kind of what kept me afloat. And, and then also pivoting and kind of, 
um, trying to branch out on my own and it, with with the stuff that I do. Um, you know, I do I do voiceover work. I do production, of course. And so I, I you know, built my website and then started trying to. I was like one of the studios that we recorded at. Um, I was like, okay, let me just get in there and record some breaks. Just started recording drum breaks, and uh, you know, created a sample packs of just drum loops. You know, Sojourn plays the breaks, volume one, volume two. You know, wow. uh, Sojourn Sure Shots. You know, and then the last one I did was the uh, I took the cajon, you know, the box drum, yeah, you know, yeah. and made a a thing of cajon breaks and called it cajon wow. with it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, and so that you know that was what you know I I. I started doing to stay afloat and it was like okay gotta keep creating revenue streams and yeah you know yeah do, do you still have all that stuff out there for sale yes that's, that's dope. dope yeah that's dope. so journalistmedia.com so journalistmedia.com and you can go to my my shop and you can get the get the breaks breaks yeah. and one shots that that's what my next thing i was like or is it just breaks you're doing like one shots and stuff too yeah all of the above i was like because i've done that before like um what i was producing on it was uh i think it was a boss sp 330 or 303 but it was a sampler and it was a sampler and a sequencer right i remember actually theory Mm -hmm. Theory has it produced on it for a while too yeah the 303 yeah yeah Yeah. but i was doing that i was just i was just sampling my drums and then i would basically just you know, try to filter them and stuff. And then I had like my own breaks and I was like, yeah, I was like, I can play my own breaks. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, if that's what's exactly. dope about being a drummer is like, especially yeah. hip hop, you're like, all right. Yeah. But like what you did is, is genius. Cause you're like, Oh, I can do this. And it's all, you know, you pay me, but it's royalty free. So you don't gotta worry about like, right. You know, right. sample. Yeah, like that. exactly. It was like, I would, you know, I was playing, you know, some kind of some classic breaks and then freestyling you know what i mean just making up grooves and and just going oh this would sound cool you know and, you know what and, i think uh, is dope is um have you heard of coal mine records oh yeah mm-hmm. so they put out it was like coal mine breaks or like digging in the mm-hmm. breaks or whatever but um it was a elk they put it out, out on vinyl and a cd but then it was just like different breaks from different groups and then it's you know you buy it and then you can just sample it you yeah know? i was yeah. like dude that's i think it's so it's that's what's so dope about being like middle-aged hip-hop dudes is like <laughs> is you going from like listen to something like you know actually i want to start like making the music and mm-hmm. sample it you know what i mean yep. it's just like it's like hip-hop yeah. coming full circle pouring back into it you mm-hmm. know? exactly it's like seeing it it's like watching what's happened with um uh if you're, if you're, if you're familiar with jay zone yeah 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 uh, you know Roof you know what i mean going from m yeah from MC he was on uh, the IV to, as well. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yeah, so going to, yeah, go, yeah, exactly. And, and going from MCing to producing to then writing and then back into music, but as a drummer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And legitimately, you know, gigging and, and, and being a drummer and now making breaks, you know, yep. back again, funneling back into the, into the, into the community. <laughs> making breaks and then you start making cake. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully. <laughs> Shoot. Now, all three of us are drummers, but, mm-hmm. um, and I d- I've done some like hand drums or whatever on some Royal Ruckus stuff, but nothing, nothing seriously of note. Now, 
you've played on a number of your own songs, right? Or like when I say your own, mm, I mean, you've played that's... on Future Shock songs. And mm -hmm. so you, yeah. you, any live drumming that, that was on Future Shock stuff, I'm trying to think that, uh, what's the song? Demons Get Hung by Mike Chords, You By Your Tongue. Ah, uh, now there's a there's an interesting story about that. I didn't. Okay. I wasn't the drummer. You didn't play that. Okay. okay. No, but uh, I'll tell you who did. His name is uh, Ty Coombs, and okay. he is um, brother to um, Eric, I believe, Boogie uh, Coombs, who is the bass player for the funk band Lettuce. Okay. Yeah, and their and their drummers. Adam Deitch, I believe it is, okay. uh, from Breakbeat Science. But anyhow, that yeah. So that's the only record where I I didn't play on that. Okay. One. So the drum, yeah. So the drums, because at that point, like they were the suit, you know, session musicians around uh -huh. that that we that we knew. I have played on some stuff that prior to the uh, the Remember the Future, we had some underground tapes that we did where okay. I played drums. And Ajax played the, the samples, uh, you know, sure. over over the breaks. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. And then later on, like on Zenos, I, I programmed and played the drums okay. on uh, Rain Dance. You know, one of our tunes. And, I, and at the time, I was playing with a band called Black Mambo. It's like it was a Latin jazz band, Afro-Cuban type stuff. Yeah. And so I had the players from that band play over, you know, what I had laid down. So. Okay. Yeah. Now, did, did you get like how'd you get into drumming we we skipped all over that yeah, let's just think about that <laughs> um i mean goes back to like when i was five i don't and you know what's funny is i don't know what made them see that that was what my instrument was i probably was beating on things around the house or something. <laughs> I don't know. but as, I, I as little boys tend to do drums right exactly something near me i'm just you know yeah. but I, I had a drum set at five which i broke <laughs> broke wow. the bass drum and then didn't have another drum set until i didn't actually until i i wasn't until i was in my teens and there was a drum set at the church that you know i was at mm. wow. and that's when i and that's when things started to develop because i would just kind of sit under whomever i thought was the dopest the, the drummer in that church and I would just kind of try to learn from them mm -hmm. along with you know all the records I would listen to and the tapes and stuff so that's kind of where that's where that started so me actually getting out and playing in different bands started with me playing in church okay. and various worship leaders who also played out around town eventually it was like oh yeah I have a band so you know you want to play a gig and yeah. you know that kind of a thing and, um, you know, one of the, you know, was, gosh, I don't remember the exact year, but one of the churches I was playing at, the worship leader uh, was, you know, someone had told him that, you know, this kid could be professional if he only had his own kit. Because there were times mm -hmm. where, I, you know, I couldn't, I, if there was a gig, I couldn't take it because I didn't have my own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, worship leader hit me up one day and was like, hey, do you, you uh you have your own kit and i was like no he goes do you want your own kit i was like stop playing <laughs> you, know, like, you know and ended up taking me to the guitar center and i and, and got wow. me a kit yeah it was donated it turned out i found out who was later it was you know a bass player that i had played with at the church but you know it was like the 
thing of him seeing seeing it sure you know seeing yeah. the potential there and wanting to help and it did and yeah. you know i'm super thankful for that brother man so that's yeah. why i'm you know every year like i'm adding you know other clients and you know getting more business in that in that in that uh in that field you know what i'm saying so yeah. that's where it, that's where it came from but it was you know from my youth and then kind of as as i grew up you know what i mean finding finding wherever drums were and you know mm-hmm. finding a way in you know yeah 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 I, I tell people a lot of times like my first drum kit was i think some like folders or mjb coffee cans with some like quicker oatmeal containers and some right. chopsticks <laughs> you know i think i'd even put some yeah, chains sir. under the lid just because i'm like oh that's like a snare <laughs> you know that's tight yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, you got to, I mean, that's hip hop, right? You got to get innovative, right. you know? You use what that's you real. <laughs> that's low key. That's something you would sample now. You know? Yeah, no doubt, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned like uh, multiple times in this interview, you've talked about um, your Christian background and that kind of thing. I'm curious, um, you know, how that informs your music in general, but also the fact that you ran around in a, you're, um, let me say that differently, how that informs your involvement in music uh, in general, but also you were with like rap outfits that you guys would specifically talk about Christ uh, or talk about your faith. You injected that mm-hmm. into your music. So mm-hmm. in, in some way, so like, and, and frankly, you were a leader like a lot of people would have regarded you, uh, uh, probably maybe some still do, like a, as a, a leader in the Christian rap world. So, and like, oh, gee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so t- take us into that. Like, how's your faith informed your music and uh, come alongside all that? I I would say, I mean, it's played a, a fairly large role in it, in that it's kind of how I, well, I'd say a big, a big role in it in terms of uh, the fact that you've heard of me. Um, because prior to that, I was, you know, I was writing raps. I was a beatbox before I was emceeing. Um, but I was beatboxing for cats and I was real, I was fine. I was like, I could do that. Like, I'm, I think I could come up with something better than what this cat's doing. You know what I mean? And that's when I started writing rhymes. Um, but I think, you know, for me, it became a vehicle for me to not only express myself, but a, a way to, you know, um, you know, talk about my faith, you know what I mean? At that, yeah. at that point, um, and that was what it was about. I think when I, when I was younger, it was a way to, you know, what, what we were kind of taught was we were to preach the gospel and the way, our, way we were doing it was creatively. But I mean, as I've grown and learned, it was like, well, I mean, it's kind of a self-important way to to look at it. It's like we're we're artists, we're musicians, we're not. I mean, we may be ministers in some sense, but it wasn't like it's placing a a huge importance on rapping Mm -hmm. as like the means through which somebody's going to come to faith in Christ. And that's not technically our means. So it was like, but that's that's with that's with the um you know that's with uh the perspective of of wisdom and some some experience now but right. then it was like this was how we were doing it and yeah we were we were hip-hop cats and our hip-hop cats so it was like it went hand in hand with it you know what i mean which yeah. was kind of how we encountered some of the resistance that we did initially 
yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I always felt weird um, at some of the shows where it was like clearly, uh, you know, well, so, sometimes they'd be straight up street outreach type things where they've got yeah. rappers on the corner and someone's giving a commit your life to Christ message at the at the end, say the prayer after me, all that stuff. Right. Um, and And particularly as we were trying to like sort out what we thought about how music and culture work and how our faith fit into all that we were often really uncomfortable with like almost a transactional approach yeah here's the music now respond to the lord of the universe right Right. now yeah (laughs) right exactly exactly yeah it was like it was a weird manipulative thing you know what i mean exactly um which is which is, yeah, I, which is crazy, you know, looking yeah. back on it in hindsight. And it's a crazy thing to kind of make rapper kids do. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> sure. hey, we're going to put you out here. Right. Now, this is riding on you. These people's right. eternal souls are, <laughs> are riding on the fact of whether or not they like what you're doing yeah. or you set the stage for, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. yeah. You know, You're like I'm just trying to get Mountain Dew money. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get some cold pizza and warm soda. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that yeah. was which was our payment back in the day. But right. like, you know, so yeah, it, it and so it, it's interesting because now, I mean, if you were to ask me now what role that you know my faith plays in the music, it's more so now it's just making honest art, you know what I mean, and making something that's true to where I'm at in my process and in my journey now, you know, as opposed to trying to convince someone that, you know, they need to be a Christian as opposed to say, Hey, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through processing, thinking through wrestling with whatever. Yeah. And this is, this is the music that that's a result of that. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of the holistic look at it, I guess. Well, I could even say it's like, like you're talking about, you know, transitioning from like having a nine to five to doing music full time. Like that has to be like, that's a test of faith, you know? And it's like, you know, letting people know like, yeah, like I had to take a leap of faith and like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's something, you know, we've talked about before too. It's like, I think, especially being people of faith, it's like, if it if it's part of you and it's natural then like it should come out of you naturally it shouldn't right. feel forced you know and people are right. going to you know they're going to sense that authenticity you know and yeah that's why yeah. i've always been attracted to people who are just like yeah like i want to hear some you know raps about you making seal for your kid like just let me hear Word some up. Every day, you know yeah <laughs> yeah i like there's one of the tunes on my record i was talking about like changing parts of me that I didn't like but I was I was like the first verse I'm literally talking about having more grays in my hair and not picking them out and dealing with like you know like that's real stuff as of right now you know what I mean kind of it's like okay this is this is and I think you know we're just now starting to see hip-hop kind of age like on a whole you know what I mean so it's like we're seeing that and it's it's cool like it's okay to act your age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, well, some, it, there's some good things that come with that. You know it makes I mean? me yeah. think of um, on the Surreal record, like you were all, it was like you, Omega Watts, and Surreal, but it's like the car and a job. 
you know it's oh like, yeah you know Absolutely. like i'm gonna car at a job like i'm blessed that's cool. the regular man that's exactly <laughs> it man that's exactly that and that verse that i wrote for that time yeah. i was working at a job that, that was really my life at that point like i was i was thinking okay this is I, a bad habit i'm trying to break of leaving yeah. at the last minute like that whole thing like that's yeah. real like you know yeah. what I mean? like that's you know <laughs> actual life you know I mean? yeah man <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting you say that about like hip hop coming of age, because I think it's had a a prolonged adolescence, and like f- for so long it's been uh, a youth genre, and it still is mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But like right. when you consider like the actual pioneers, and I'm talking like 1970s pioneers mm-hmm. of hip hop. Yep. Those dudes are like late 60s and 70s. Like mm-hmm. it's not a young genre. Like there's right. actually decades and uh and and like you can look back and now in hindsight we can see eras of sound mm-hmm. in a way yeah. that when we were there, like it well, all three of us were like in the midst of it in the 90s and 2000s. Um it it didn't have the same foundation it really does now because you need time to realize the foundation you know what i mean yeah 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 like we had an idea of what the foundation was you know what I mean? yeah but of it course. was like it, it wasn't like i mean it's obviously it's more cemented now because yeah, yeah. of time and because yeah. there are people who are still here now who are able to speak to what was there before you know what i mean we can yeah. still you know i follow grandmaster kaz on instagram <laughs> like you know what i mean like right? that's a that's amazing. Like, that's yeah. freaking Grandmaster Kaz. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the kind of thing that we are able to like. We can see that, like, like bro, you wrote the rhyme that you know Hank used for Rapper's Delight, and you yeah. know what I mean? You're Cold yeah. Crush. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. So it, it it's very it, it's cemented now because we can see, you know, people that have laid the foundation you know what I mean yeah yeah well and it's crazy too because like then you start seeing people it's like you know I think like Premier just celebrated like his you know 50 something birthday or something I was like yeah and like <laughs> yeah you know we mm-hmm. get old you know what I'm saying and it's yeah. like right I think I think sometimes that's what we feel when it comes to say like the younger generation as far as say like you know mumble rap this that and the third it's like I try not to, I try not to be like the curmudgeonly old man and like hate on stuff, but like, I'll listen to stuff and there's stuff I'm like, I I think this sucks, honestly. And there's some stuff I'm like, this is good, but just not for me. But but it's, but then you look at like, you know, Craig G, he even had an album called I Rap and I Go Home. That was one of my favorites. (laughs) He dropped that. I was like, he's speaking to me. Like, that's like, that's what I do when I get booked for shows. Yeah. It's like, that's what I do. Yeah. I rap and I go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it used to be like, oh, I'm trying to stay to the end and freestyle yeah. sessions. Da, 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 da. I mean, unless I'm battling, yeah. I have a yeah. battle, but that's a different thing. But like, yeah, rap and go home, man. Like, <laughs> got time for all that. <laughs> well, it's so it's funny because it's like, I, I beatbox too. And it's actually, it's like playing drums is what got me into beatboxing because, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't really I can't read music anymore I took syncopation for two years with a, with drums right um, hmm. but if yeah. I wanted to like remember what I was playing I would just start beatboxing it out 
but it's funny because yeah. you're talking about like you know battling or whatever like after shows like a lot of times it'd be like ciphers after shows yeah and if you're the beatboxer get what you get stuck doing yes exactly <laughs> this exactly. Like, Look, I'm, just, I'm trying to get like a little eight bar verse in and I'm like man my mouth is dry too you know yeah dude exactly yeah there have been many a sessions where i was like can someone else beatbox i, yeah. I want to get some bars <laughs> off here you know yeah. like you know <laughs> Now, when we're talking about like you, you talk about personally evolving, you've talked, we've talked about like music evolving and all this kind of goes like weaves in together. Um, at some point, though, like in a lot of ways, you're the same person you were when Remember the Future dropped, um, I'm sure. But in a lot of ways, you're probably a completely different human being. Yeah. Um, and when it when it comes to faith too, you know we're we're all on a journey, and you know we've seen a lot of the cats uh, from from Christian hip hop of the '90s uh, walk away from their faith altogether. You know, pro probably a lot of the the mutual friends we have um, have either explicitly or implicitly uh, walked away from Christ. Where where are you in all of that? You're still connected to to a church and and all that, so. Mm -hmm. I'd love to to hear about you uh, in terms of evolution or where you are now or sure sure I I think man I think for me a lot of um you know what I've seen like with with our peers and with my friends and just what I've experienced over the years in 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 different churches and in different religious contexts and faith groups and communities it's like it's 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 led me to want to learn more rather than walk away so I think for me it's like I, I will say this though it's like I've become a lot less um, dogmatic and I've become a lot more comfortable with uncertainty and not knowing because I think there's where you can really um, stand to grow the most is if you like you know have, maintain the posture of like learning you know like i don't have it figured out you know what i mean yeah. a lot of ways some of the stuff that you you know a, 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 may have heard on you know the first future shock album was you know a kid i, I was in my sure. late teens thinking that i had it figured out you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like and they, and they hadn't even lived life yet you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um so you know i, I think for me now it's, it's more like I'm learning from the experiences of others and my own experience and going, okay, well, where does this fit? You know, and, you know, even learning like from, you know, Orthodox brothers like yourselves and, you know, hearing different, different, uh, different traditions within the faith and all of that. Um, even like, okay, well, where do we get some of this stuff from? You know what I mean? Where, where do some of the traditions come from? That's the stuff that I'm interested in that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it doesn't lead me to want to walk away from it because I've seen the abuses of, of you know, people in, in the powerful places in, in yeah. church or whatever. It's made me, you know, if anything, I, you know, think they develop some empathy for people who've gone through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And walked away. So it's like, you know, yeah. So I, I feel for them, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, I want to learn, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's like, 
um, it, it's made me, yeah, like I said, it, it's made me want to uh, grow in understanding, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, yeah. and knowledge and information um, rather than, you know, kind of throw the baby with the bathwater out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Throw out the baby with the bathwater kind of thing, right. you know what right. I'm saying? So, um, yeah, if that, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no, that that's really good. Go ahead, Nomadic. Well, I was going to say, I mean, A, that's just probably one of the humblest answers I've ever heard. But, you know, the other thing, too, is just when you were talking about as far as, like, you know, dogma and just saying, I don't know. I mean, that's something even, like, with us in orthodoxy, it's like we're just, like, there is a mystery, and it's okay to not have to explain everything and just leave it up to God, you know? Word. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, because, like, yeah, frankly, I mean, what's the... You know, I mean, people want answers and everything, but I mean, there's just stuff we're not going to know right now. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's what I had to get comfortable with. And now that I am, I'm like, okay, there's just stuff that I don't know or don't understand right now. But yeah, part of the cool part is like, okay, trying to figure out, learn what I can and, you know, get information where I can. But it's like, I, I I've seen things happen in my life and my family's life um often enough to where i i, I don't walk away from mm. the faith you know what i mean yeah. um in terms of the, in terms of like personal experience um now as far as you know the structures and you know church government and some things like that of course there's some stuff is utterly gross that i still hate sure. you know what i mean sure Felt the, felt the way about in my teens that I feel even stronger about now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> but it's it that punk rock attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it doesn't, but it doesn't cause me to throw the whole thing out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. you know. It, is there, you, you talked about being comfortable with like unknowing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there is something that you feel confident in. Uh, that keeps you a Christian? Like, is there, is there like something you feel like, but this thing I do know? Oh yeah. Um, I think, I think for me, and this is interesting because it, it ties back into something that I, you know, learned when I was speaking with a therapist who was going through this, was going through this time of where, you know, this was around the time where, you know, there was a future shock. We were, you know, we wanted to kind of strike out on our own from tunnel rats and you know we were like kind of doing our own thing and it i was kind of starting to get disillusioned with the whole thing of you know doing what we were doing and, and gaining any sort of um blowing up you know what I mean? idea of that you know that yeah. losing the idea of that and sure you know thinking well what's the plan you know what's you know it doesn't it's not working out how it's supposed to and where is God in all of this? And, uh, and, and, my, you know, the guy I was talking to, my therapist was telling me, he was like, well, what's the one thing that kind of has been with you through all of this? And one thing was, I was like, well, music has been there through each of these seasons. Mm-hmm. And it was like helping me see, well, maybe that's God telling you, you know, that he's there, you know what I mean? And so for me, that was something that, that's one thing that was like, oh, at every turn, there was something that was musically keeping me in a certain place. Yeah. Um, and so I said, and, you know, and that sounds kind of, you know, 
airy or whatever, but it, it for me, it was something that was kind of incredibly grounding because it was something tangible that I had, that I could do, that I could use, that I could express myself with. That was a thing of saying, oh, this is like God's presence in my life. This mm-hmm. is like letting me know, okay, in the midst of everything else, you know, I'm still here. And so that's something that I, that I, that I hold to. I'm confident in that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Well, on a, on a uh, lighter note, I want to talk a little bit more about beer because I had a beer dropped it. off and <laughs> it's also non-alcoholic, but it's one of the most interesting non-alcoholic beers I've had. It's from Athletic Brewing Company and uh, it's inspired by Justin's. If you guys have had like those little packets of peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like an official collaboration i guess because they've got the justin's logo and stuff but it's called uh nature nut peanut butter brew oh, that's amazing and it that's tastes amazing so good it's like this uh i don't know if it's supposed to be chocolatey but i almost like it's got chocolatey vibes to it you know yeah. uh, so good but very nutty um is it a stout so it well i mean with it being non-alcoholic uh they don't necessarily can it be a stout yeah yeah, they, they, they don't necessarily like put it in that category. I would I would put it in it's like a porter or a stout okay. kind of style, but it doesn't identify the style on the can. Okay. So uh, but it's it's nice and good and, and very rich. Well, I did drink that Deschutes and it was delicious. My other oh go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna ask you because you like the uh, Mother Earth Cali Creaming, right? Yes, yes, yeah. There's a spot, yeah. It's a North County has a lot of breweries. North County, San Diego has a lot of breweries, and one of them is Mother Earth Brewing. And one of the places that you know my wife and I like to go out to eat, we have discovered this Cali Creamin, uh, you know, brew, and it was like, it's kind of like a cream soda. Yeah, yeah, mm. freaking bomb. Yo. Yeah, yeah nice yeah so yeah that's that's the that's the fave i don't have it stocked in the in the fridge here at the house but that's like when i go out that's what i'll have a real real creamy mouthfeel too somewhat Somewhat. yeah okay somewhat yeah like that's your that's your favorite beer yeah i would say yeah yeah Yeah. so i i really my favorite overall i don't think i've ever said this on the show is guinness um no i i just i love the whole experience of guinness um i think it's got a nice mouth feel i think it's got a great taste it's not terribly aggressive it can go with a variety of foods like pub foods you know like it's great with a beer it's great with pizza it's great on its own um I, did I say great with a beer? I meant great with a burger. Yeah, you bur- yeah. I, I knew it yeah, just like when you said. I was like, <laughs> you meant burger. Two beers. That's cool. Hey, yeah. I have double fisted. I'm like not going to lie. With my beer. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about you, Nomadic? What's your favorite? Um, shoot, man. Um, I mean, buys I, beer for a living. He he yeah, can't do, pick a favorite. Man. Nah, yeah, I like the one that's in front of me. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just change because there's some days I want an IPA, there's some days I want a lager, some days I want a stout, some days I want you know rum, yeah. some days I want water, you know. 
I mean, I, yeah. I, I probably tend to go, I've really been digging like a lot of like lagers lately, honestly, like uh, really? Japanese lagers. Like there's a local brewery called Occidental. They do okay. a lot of uh, uh, like German style English brews, but they have a, a Japanese lager that is just banging. So yeah. 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 I mean, with the weather changing and stuff, but um, <laughs> you know. That's interesting. Yeah. Different brews for different yeah climates nice. yeah sometimes you know it's a little darker you want you want a bourbon barrel aged something a little bit warmer you know it's lighter uh, okay you know lower alcohol crushable you know so yeah i, I can get behind that for sure yeah. now uh you you have a beard um i do and it is it is i used to have a beard similar to that it wasn't as uh full as yours though um it's kind of <laughs> more more of like a uh is it a it's not connected it's more a chin strap beard right yeah 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 i guess you could say that yeah, yeah. i like yeah. it i like it what do you what do you do yeah. to take care of it um beard oil and a beard um softener okay so that's those are the main things yeah Keep do you have like a simple go-to oil or do you make your own or Oh no, I wish I did. That that would be cool. That would be real cool. Um I'm blanking out on the name of the oil right now, but it's a um it's like when you would get in the in the, like a, at a target, you know what I mean? Okay. Um but yeah, beard oil and then the beard softener. Um, like a conditioner? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a white conditioner you just, you know, rub on and use it, it in the shower or use it at night or uh use it at at night. We we yeah, take our the, beard the, care very seriously here. Yeah, the beard the <laughs> the oil is as needed kind of a thing. Like it's not right now. I'm letting the grays come through, but sometimes I'll dye it. You know what I mean? Uh, just for man popping off, so it's you know, <laughs> all even. Yeah. And then I'll it, but it makes my hair brittle, so I'll use the oil uh, and the softener mm, to kind of yeah. counteract that. Nice. Well, I mean, I, I, you probably can't see that well right now just because the light's not that great. But my beard's pretty much half gray. Mm -hmm. uh, and those ones are like the wiry ones you know like yeah you know, I, I tell people like, like i got like a salt and paprika beard but my daughter told me yeah. that, like, it was like red and white wine <laughs> 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 but, you know yeah when you get those those you know those those bristly ones it's like you definitely got to get the oil you know yeah yeah definitely yeah. makes a difference my i have uh two 90 something year old grandmothers and whenever my beard is long and not oiled um and I see them, they, they always let me know what they think about my beard. But I have noticed if I take good care of it and I keep it oiled, they're, they're much kinder to my beard. Well, you know, I also like being able to That's have good. like some beard oil because like it, it smells good. Yeah. You know, so like if you have some, yeah. it's, it's just like when I had my dress, like I had like some, some oil, you know, that I would use and it would make them smell good, you know, so as far <laughs> as even conditioning. So you give someone a yeah. hug, it's like, oh, you smell good. I like to smell good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm with you, man. I, I actually even have an unscented beard oil that I use when I want to wear a cologne, so that uh, I don't compete. Nice. They don't clash. Yeah, yeah. that's right. how my oil is. My oil is is, is unscented, so okay. the the softener is has a has a scent to it, which is nice. But the oil does not, so it's cool. Yeah, nice. Well, gentlemen, I I think we're about to the end, and my I don't know if you've been able to hear my baby boy has been crying his head off in the background, so. Um, I, I do want to go check on that, but before we do, um, tell us where people can connect with you on social media, drop any 
you know, go ahead and drop any URLs or uh, whatever Absolutely. else you want to plug right now. Absolutely. So um, as far as social media is concerned, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, so journalist. That's uh, Sojourn and journalist kind of put together. Uh, so journalist, because um, Sojourn was taken at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I was late to Instagram. We know. So, um, on Twitter, I'm on there as SoJ, S-O-J-A-Y. Uh, and uh, still do use Facebook. Um, you can find me on there under Trace, Sojourn Hodgins, uh, or Sojournalism. Um, you got that MySpace? And- <laughs> i did for a while i did for a long time yeah um with the top shoot friends. um right uh and um but a good way to get a hold of me is the is the instagram but then also my website uh sojournalistmedia.com nice. sojournalistmedia.com and you can find you know my you know all my my uh, relevant links and, and things on that on that site as well also all of my uh drum sample packs sojourn plays the breaks volume one two uh sojourns sure shots as well as cajon with it my cajon Man. uh breaks sample pack so all of those things are available on my website sojournalistmedia.com cool that is yeah. fantastic uh nomadic what you got uh i mean y'all know nomadic vagabond at instagram well uh, i i did want we we do have one question we'd like to ask people at the end though uh uh, 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 uh oh, oh okay never mind go ahead not yet ahead. not yet right, what, what else you got bro you got uh at bruise beards and you yeah, can at, yeah follow us on instagram at bruise beards um i just dropped a video we just dropped a new episode so of course by now it'll be an old episode <laughs> so you know yeah. <laughs> yeah um well if if you're hearing this and you missed the last episode go back and listen to it yeah right <laughs> you can hear soothing vocal cords well and and you know <laughs> we it's actually worth plugging the archive because we've had a lot of good conversations and even before you joined the show nomadic uh there were some interesting conversations that were had the, yeah. the show had a little different format uh but you know i even had your old dj uh dj Jacob. trey yeah, he yeah. he he was on for one of the longest episodes of the entire show. I think I think we talked for like two and a half hours or something like that. Um, we even had to take a pee break in the middle of the show, and we talked about it. Oh, on the show. I remember that one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one because I saw Trey's name. I was like, oh shoot, okay, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I I connect with him every now and then. I've had lunch with him a couple of times uh, when I've been out there in California, but haven't had him back on the show since then so we should do that sometime um now in other things i have not been super active on social media with royal ruckus but royal ruckus official on instagram and facebook no i don't know we're on instagram facebook and twitter royal ruckus is on there uh one of the reasons i bring that up is because we didn't really talk about it but uh i have a collab with you on the mr rogers of the rap game record and uh, maybe we could have you back uh, closer to that and go a little deeper on some of these things if you want. Sure, absolutely. I'm down for that. We could have a track by track. <laughs> the breakdown. That's right. That's right. So uh, now, now that I cut you off, Nomadic, uh, go ahead. Jump right in with the question you were about to ask. 
All right. Well, you know, I'm a, I'd like to jump the gun, but I'm, ex I'm excited. Um, so, you know, we always like to ask people, what is your favorite hip hop song of all time? Ooh, man. I have a few favorites, but of all time, that's kind of, that's rough. I mean, it changes. Yeah. Right now, I would say, ah, man, one of the most creative ones. Well, one that kind of split, it, it's, it's weird because I, I have two. I have two. And I know I can't, I can't do two, but I have to, <laughs> I have to mention them. Even that's if you're fine. only going to play that's one, good. I have to so one of them is Micah Nine's uh, Seventh Seal Freestyle Fellowship. Mm. Completely portal opened <laughs> and up cookbook. in hip hop <laughs> and, and just mind expansion. The yeah. other one, um, the other fave, is um, is another super lyrical miracle type, but it's it's uh, organized confusion. Oh yeah, uh, releasing hypnotical gases, Ooh, and that yes. was one where it was like, what? You yeah, know, that kind of the that kills it. Prince Post yeah. too, man. People mm -hmm. need to give him his flowers, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 hard though when you're in a group with Pharaoh. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, now. he's yeah. He he got off on that song too, but like that one, that was one of that's the other favorite of mine. From bird's eye view, I'm descending in helicopters in a village raid. Flesh will burn when exposed to the poetical germ grenade. I'm highly intoxicating your mind when I'm operating on cell walls to membranes, cytoplasms, and protoplasms disintegrate. I'm eliminate. I'm not on one atom in battle. I display a nuclear raid that'll destroy bone marrow and cattle, thereby destroying the entire food supply that's crawling with AIDS, maggots, flies. It's ironic when a demonic government utilizes bionics in a six million dollar man to capture me. Clever, however, you can never ever begin to apprehend a hologram who's determined to fight solely to defend and war the land of the holy. I threw a rock and I ran because I couldn't stand anymore within the depths of the sand. So don't ask me who's sane because the hypnotical gas is all eating my brain. Twenty thousand leagues down below, minus one hundred and forty-three degrees. Seize the info, gather the archaeologists. The aftermath needs to follow this, cause it's deep, equivalent to the esophagus. Prince, the scientist, aka Optimus Prime. Time, television is dead on this issue, and very much irrelevant to this intuition. Deleting any aliens are indescriptible. Mortal competition with infrared like vision, precision beams, colors, reds, fuchsias, lime greens, black. Don't you know my formulas form dope lyrics, uplift spirits, and you why here it's fatal to. Walk the path of confusion where it's torture some cherish while most human-like beings perish subjected to death their bodies don't agree with the hypnotical intellect poetical acid is burning up flesh at the end of the corridor you see me sitting the jotting more grotesque literature somewhat equivalent to concentrated sodium hypochlorite insight foresight more sight the clock on the wall reads a quarter past midnight you feel nauseous forever you will avoid my royal presence as a step into darkness Dream the Dark Room EP and know that there is more, more music to come. I got a couple of instrumental tunes out now. Uh, one's called Sunlight, streaming on various playlists. Um, and then there's also Late Night, 
also stream it on various playlists, but under Sojourn, S-O-J-O-U-R-N. Yeah. And can people find um, like for your other bands and stuff? Is that on your website as well? Yes, I do have links okay. to the other. Okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah, awesome. Yeah, check it uh, out. Cool. Give him a listen. He's got some great, great tunes and uh, a lot of great history and a good dude. So, thank you. Word. Thanks uh, for having me, y'all. Peace. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Night. Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered. Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered. Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered. Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter. I'm well acquainted with my own darkness and heartlessness and narcissistic tendencies. A great escape artist. Painted portraits of traits that were genetic in a sense. I sense my senses deceive me to self hate. Believe me. To be the flyest liar you've ever met No lie, cause the utter ugliness That was passed down, unfortunately I caught it and I own it now That I've sewn up the cut Leaping an infection is the natural progression of things Warrior, poet, leader, king Act accordingly instead of taking the opportunities Afforded me to be clearly the distorted me This happened more often than I cared to admit Until now, staring into my own madness But how did I get here in the first place? I think I know now, staring into the mirror is about to go down. My wordplay is no game on this, not so merry-go-round, not so merry-go-round, glasses off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered, genuine crap poured in the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered, genuine crap poured in the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered, genuine crap poured in the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered, genuine crap poured in the glass and off kilter. Kilter. Unedited and unfiltered, genuine crap poured in the glass and off kilter. Unedited and unfiltered, genuine crap poured in the glass and off kilter. It's a face off in the looking glass with my only competition. Trying to beat myself to the punch without flinching. Staring contest, I only lose if I don't take it there. Locked gaze till eyes glaze over but won't break the stare. Stubborn, so what in the world are you doing? Or hoping to accomplish as an accomplice to your own ruin. No excusing when you're cruising for a bruising you've earned from life. Lessons you're refusing to learn Eventually you will be tired of getting knocked in the same spot And make the required changes to stop Then and only then will I feel like what it's meant to be Until then you're just going back and forth mentally So what's a double mind other than a troubled mind Trying to get the outer with the inner one aligned Tug of war, what's it for? Exercising futility on the merry-go-round Until you put your foot down and really leave Unedited and unfiltered Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter Unedited and unfiltered Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter Unedited and unfiltered Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter Unedited and unfiltered Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter Unedited and unfiltered Genuine crap poured on the glass and off kilter Unedited and unfiltered Genuine crap poured on the glass Well, thanks for joining us and uh, thanks to our listeners for tuning in and we'll be back soon.